If you're ready for the word, let me hear you say amen. Amen. Today, it's good to have Pastor Joe and Jen leading us. They've been with us for over 15 years, been on staff at Destiny Church. How many think that in itself deserves a round of honor, a round of honor and appreciation? We love them. And one of the things I love, not only about the two of you preaching together, but I love the fact that we are affirming, in case you don't know, we believe that God can use women to preach the word of the Lord today. Amen. So, amen. Are you ready today? Let's go for it, guys. Good morning, Destiny Church. How are you doing? Good morning. So first service, there was a little, we had, we had a little bit of com- a competing interest in first service. Uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, uh, Guten Tag, okay? Um, I know two German words, Guten Tag and Doomkopf. And I don't need to tell you what the second one means because it's, it's a dummy. Sorry. Anyway, Thank but you, the Pastor game's G. over. I'm not going to tell you who won, but the game's over so you can focus now. However, this one, because we're an hour behind, you're probably getting hungry, <laughs> right? Because it's like 1230 and you're buying, but it's only 1130. So we're going to get through this uh, really good today. So it's great to have an opportunity to share with you uh, just what's going on in our world. We like to be super transparent. And, and when we teach, we, we want to show you that, you know, just because we, we get an opportunity to speak before you, it doesn't mean that we don't have an opportunity to uh, struggle and to go through things. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Pastor Gene's been talking about de-stressing. And, and, and just because we're believers doesn't mean that we don't have stress. Um, we, we do have stress, and we're going to show you that this morning. Um, growing up, one of my biggest fears was um, quicksand. How many know what quicksand is? Raise your hand. Okay. It, it seemed like every movie I watched growing up, like quicksand was the number one killer of like everybody, right? It was like you watch this movie and you, seriously, I would go to, I go to bed having nightmares about quicksand. And then I grew up and I'm like, there's not very much quicksand out there right now. I was like, why was I so afraid of quicksand? So, cause my favorite place to go is the beach. Like take me to the beach once a year. Right. But this is Joe. Yeah, I'm always checking. I'm always afraid, you know. That there it was, makes so much sense now. There's one movie that I, I would have nightmares of be, between getting stuck in the quicksand and getting eaten by a giant rat, you know, and then like, or the, the things that would puff out and it would be like flame or something like that. What movie is that from? Anybody remember? The Princess Bride. I love it. I love it. Every time we get a chance to, to officiate a wedding, you have to start with marriage. Sorry. Well, you don't have to, but he does. I do. Yeah, you don't have to. You probably shouldn't, but I do anyway. So we're going to talk to you. Anybody here ever feel like you've ever just been stuck? Maybe not in quicksand, but just stuck. You just, you just feel like you, you can't, you're not making any progress. You feel like you're just kind of stuck. And we feel like, you know, one of the most stressful seasons in our lives has been when we've been stuck, whether it's been physically, you know, stuck in snow. <laughs> That's never fun. That's pretty stressful. Or whether it's, you know, mentally, you just kind of got that mental block that you just can't get past. Or there's been times, and I'll we'll share a little bit later about being stuck spiritually. It just felt like there was just no end. And so we're going to use, um, we're going to use the apostle Peter. We're going to use his, some of his experiences uh, to tie in with our own experiences about how these progressions of being stuck, um, kind of how they come about, and better yet, how we can get through them. This has been such a great um, uh, sermon series. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it, and we just have a, a phenomenal pastor and his teaching abilities. Um, and I think it's so great to recognize uh, kind of what he just said, that, you know, stress is something that as believers we still experience. I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, oh, we're, we're believers. We shouldn't 
feel stressed or um, that should be removed. But it does, I, we, we're going to live in stress. But just like uh, Pastor Jensen speaking about, we can learn to manage that stress in productive and, and, and very godly ways. But I, I feel like, but something we want to talk about today is an extension of, of, of being stressed is feeling stuck and immovable and you're not going anywhere. There's no forward motion. Sometimes there, that feeling of being helpless or, or hopeless or I'm just not um, pressing forward. I can't go anywhere. Um, and that, those seasons can feel very daunting. And so we want to talk about two different um you know, stuck progressions that, that Peter went through, but also that we can just learn um, and, and let that teach us um, about our own stuck season. So the first one, we're going to talk about uh, external forces, okay? So the, the, the first one, it's so not about what's in here. You know, sometimes when we walk through seasons, we're like... God, I don't know. Is it, is it me? What's, what's going on? What's, what's happening? I feel off. I just don't, it's not, I can't move forward. Something's bothering me. I just feel like it's, it's weighty, but sometimes it's not us. It's not internal. It's things that are going on around us. So instead of looking in, we need to look around and see what is surrounding us or what are we allowing to surround us? So we're going to look at that in two different ways. So let's do this first one, uh, is uh, the eagle and the crow. Now, I have a confession to make. My family calls me the crazy bird lady. She is a crazy bird lady. Okay, guys. Even his profile picture when I call (laughs) is of me filling my bird feeders one Saturday morning in all of my Saturday morning glory wearing my polka dot. um, (laughs) I totally should have put it up on the screen. That would have been hilarious. However, it might be a little embarrassing. If you'd like to see it, just catch me afterwards. I'll show you what it's like. I happen to also be wearing uh, his uh, outside boots. And because I'm short, as you can tell, I have to climb up this thing that he's built me to, it's, it was, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay, I've even trained my family. So um, when we see a new bird, like I research the birds. I know what they need to eat. And it's like, no, literally, guys, I just embody it. I, it's the, uh, the birds. I love it. Even the animals. Okay, I've got pictures. The dog and the cat, they get in the window and they watch the birds. I, I believe mean, that their intentions of watching the birds are probably different than your intention. Your intentions are watching the birds because they're thinking breakfast, lunch, or dinner. They're not thinking, thinking like how pretty they oh are. Oh my God, goodness, that's awesome. Okay, so, but here's the funny thing. I was talking to somebody at work about my love of birds. And what happens on our phones when we talk about something? Everybody knows it, everybody knows it. Immediately you open it up, whether it's on any social media site. Okay. Well, I pull it up and oh, this story of the eagle and the crow. And I'm telling you guys, this has been so applicable in so many areas for me as a believer, for even in, in what I'm getting ready to share. And then as a leader into my, in my, my building and my staff, um, explaining just what this is. So if you've not heard about the eagle and the crow, as you can tell right now, the, the crow has no good intentions for the eagle. Um, as believers, we are the eagle. Um, and it's times where what happens is there's definitely something on our back, something that is going on in our life that, um, that, that does not mean us good. You can think about Pastor Gene um, spoke about the addictions that we struggle with last week. And then sometimes it's just a toxic relationship or social media or I'm still working through something. God, I've got wounds from seasons that I've walked through. But it's a crow on our back and all it's doing 
is just pecking at us and, and tearing us down and trying to get to who we are. But here's the thing. Here's what the eagle does. It doesn't just stay at one altitude. It doesn't just stay and, and, and hover and let the crow just do whatever it wants. It soars. And here's what I want to take a second and let that really resonate with you. Where is God calling us to soar? Because what's going to happen is that eagle takes off and it flies higher and it flies higher. And you know what happens to the crow? Because the crow can't handle where God wants us to be, where that eagle takes off to be. And that crow falls off and it suffocates. Because listen, there's things that God is saying. If you trust me, because that eagle is created to soar. That eagle is created to rise above all circumstances, all crows, all issues, all things, just like we are. God has created us to rise above. But you know, it takes trust. It takes trust to know that, God, if I keep going, if I keep going, you're going to take care of what's on my back. If I keep going, you're going to take care of me. God, you're going to work it out. So what's the crow right now in your life that needs to just fall away as you rise and you soar and you accept who you are in God? So what factor is that? And then the second one, we're going to talk about Peter. So if you look at Peter's life, uh, especially towards the end of his, you know, the end of, of Jesus's life, right before the crucifixion, right around that time, you know, here's Peter um, who is experiencing some crazy external forces. I mean, he's talking or he's just basically witnessed his best friend, the Lord Jesus Christ, being led away for crucifixion. And he's probably got this, this concept of lots of questions, lots of like, what's going to happen? What's going on? This amazing amount of stress. And, and, and then what happens? He starts getting bombarded with external forces that say, hey, aren't you the guy? Aren't you there? You were there. In fact, in John chapter 18, it starts to record these external you know, forces coming against Peter and his mental capacity of being able to just try to process what's happening with his savior. And it's like the, the girl, the servant girl who was kept by the door, this is verse 17. It said, you are not also one of the man's disciples, are you? And then he said, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. So there's, there's number one attack. And then it skips out a few more verses. And then in verse 25, it says, Simon Peter stood by the fire and he warmed himself. And he said, are you? And then someone, and someone else said, aren't you, so, aren't you one of them that was with the Lord? And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And then it skips over again and he does it again. They ask him, aren't you one of the disciples? And Peter says, no, I, I, could, I could not imagine what this guy's going through. Because not only is he questioning God's sovereignty, he's questioning the fact that Jesus, who was, you know, in his mind, he was thinking he was going to bring this kind of, of kingdom that would just overthrow the Romans and just t- turn everything around. But yet here he is witnessing the destruction of his vision of what he thought was going to happen. And then he's got these people going, hey, aren't you him? Aren't you him? Aren't you him? Aren't you him? And talk about a crow on the back of an eagle. 
So what happens to Peter is in this moment, he's, he's like, no, I'm not there. I'm not there because he can't make a, a, a valid decision, a valid judgment in character. He can't make this valid re- response because he's just completely covered with all these crows just saying, hey, aren't you him? Aren't you him? Aren't you him? And what happens is as Peter starts to realize that this, this is it. This is what's going to happen. And then as, as Jesus is finally crucified there, and then it goes through and it skips on to um, this part where back uh, in, I'm sorry, John chapter 21, we see what, what happens to Peter after all of this external forces, after all of this questioning, after all of this, God, is it you, Jesus? What, what, where am I at? What am I doing? And what does he do? He returns back to the same thing that he just knew was comfortable. <clears throat> so when we're talking about these the progressions of, of being stuck, you've got that external factor. You've got that external influences. But then typically what we do is we start to bring everything in back to ourselves. Because I don't know about you, when, I don't, when I'm under stress, I try to grab everything that I can control and bring it back in. Even in my own life, a, a couple years, uh, it was last year, there was a moment where I just felt super stuck, just could not get through this. It, it just felt like a trial. I had plenty of crows pecking at my head saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you like this? And, and it got to the point where the, the way that I tried to cope with it was I tried to control everything. I tried to bring everything into myself. So I first started to try to co- control my wife, which honestly doesn't work in case you haven't noticed. Men who are married, okay? But when Pastor Gene was talking about women preaching, wives have been preaching for I don't know how many hundreds and thousands of years. So, I mean, it doesn't matter whether on the stage or not. But I tried to control her. Then I would try to control my kids. I would try to say, no, you're not going to do that. And then I would try to control things at work. And I would try to bring everything into myself because what I wanted to do is I wanted to find what was comfortable because I was complacent in being where I needed to be. I did not want to go any further. I wanted to stay right where I was at. And if you look at Peter in chapter 18, verse 20, um, sorry, if you look at Peter in chapter 21 of John, he gets up one day and he says, I'm going to go fishing. Because here at this moment, he's finally gotten to a point where he's complacent. He's finally gotten to a point where he's realized that all of the things that he thought was going to happen, and now he's stuck. So he says, I'm just going to go back to what I know. So he goes back to fishing. And guess what? He takes a couple of people with him too. And that's kind of where we are sometimes. Sometimes when we get stuck, it's not just us. Sometimes we drag our family into it. We drag our kids into it. We drag our coworkers into it. Because what happens is we decide to say enough's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to stick. I'm going to get right here. But the problem is, is that's not where God wants us to be. Because God had a plan for Peter. God had a plan, a purpose, a, a forward progression of what Peter should be doing. And when he was stuck in his place back on the boat fishing, going back to the thing that he used to do, he wasn't going to be able to do the thing that God wanted him to do because he went back to the thing that he knew that was easy for him. So to get, get out of these stuck progressions, to get out of them, to remove ourselves, the first thing we have to do is we have to turn to Jesus. If you look over at... in. Um, John chapter 21, if you read that scripture, 21 uh, verse 15 through 17, you'll see where, G, where John, uh, I'm sorry, Peter is on the boat with a couple more disciples. They're fishing and they're Jesus standing at the beach and he's waving. He's like, yo, forest, right? No, he's like, hey, have you caught anything? And of course they're like, no, we haven't caught anything. 
He's like, let your nets down on the other side. And then about that moment, as they pull in the nets up and they're pulling in a ton of fish, Peter realizes and recognizes that's Jesus. That's Jesus on the beach. So he takes his coat off. He jumps into the, into the ocean and he starts to swim to the beach because he understood that where he was at was stuck. Where he was at, he could not go anywhere for it until he finally decided to say, enough's enough. I'm turning to Jesus. I turn back to you, Jesus. What's the second thing? So when we recognize we're stuck, when we can take, for, take a second and let God show us what crows are in our lives, what, where we need to soar, where we're lacking, and we minimize the voices that are around us. You, you heard, you saw in, where Peter was being asked and asked and asked, and sometimes it's the voices, whether it's the enemy or it's whether others around us that aren't edifying us. And it's time for, we have, to, we have to slow down and let God, as we're turning to him, we're also eliminating those other voices that are not calling us and drawing us back to God. And after we turn and acknowledge our God and Jesus, I wanna, now I wanna follow you. I love what, um, if you look, we go on to following Jesus. We hear Jesus tell Peter, follow me. I mean, understand that moment. It's not like me. Oh, Hey, we're lost. Just follow me. Or Hey kids, uh, we're going to get out of here. We need to, let's go this way. The savior of the world, the one that, that, that God sent him that died so that we could have life and have it more abundantly so that we could have a relationship with our heavenly father says to Peter, follow me. Understand when we are stuck, really stuck, like the moment where we can't move and God, why is it this way? And why is this happening? Um, I, I, it seemed like yesterday, I couldn't figure out why I woke up and I was immediately overwhelmed by my to-do list. Now I will, I will make to-do lists that have to-do lists. I will make reminders that go off and like my heart sings when I can like check it off. Or if I do something and I didn't write it on a post-it, y'all, I will go get a post-it, write it and throw it away. And if I don't get the feeling, I'll pick it up back out, unroll it, throw it again. Either way. So I love my to-do lists. But yesterday morning, I just felt this weight and it's not God. It was, God, I need, I feel stuck. I am immovable. I'm, I feel the weight that is not motion, not with you. So God, right now, I, I, in my kitchen, God, I'm, I'm calling on you. Thank you for the blessings of having a to-do list. Thank you for the things that I can get done. Thank you for my able body that I can, I can move forward and do these things today. And God, I give you all the glory and the honor. Do you know what happened? I can follow God because I recognized who I'm following, who am I with, who, am, who is my creator, and I'm calling on him. So after you recognize the whatever's coming against you and you turn to Jesus and you're following him, here's the third thing. 
Because following means we've moved out of our being, of being stuck, and now we're in motion. We've got momentum. But I can tell you right now, who does not like a believer's momentum? The enemy. When, when, when things are coming against us, I know, oh God, it's because we've got the wind at our back and you are with us and we are walking, we are following with you. But then he says a third thing as we move out of our stuck season, our stuck place. We get to walk in our calling with Jesus, embodying who he created us to be. He who began a good work in us will see to finish it. Some of you think you're over. Some of you think that it's, that it's over. The season's done. I'm not, I'm not, God, I don't know what you want next. I've, I've been there, done that. I have the t-shirt. Jesus and I did it. I mean, but listen, it isn't over. It isn't, wasn't over when you woke up. It's not going to be over when you go to sleep tonight. It is not going to be over tomorrow. He has a calling for you. But the thing is, moving into a yes and I'm ready and the motion of that, there is fear. There is fear. I, I, I told the last service, uh, you know, we each have spiritual giftings. We have giftings that we just naturally feel comfortable in. Um, I've always just felt like confident when I'm praying. And, and you, come, you ask me to pray, I will pray for you. But I am still asking God to bind the hesitation I have when I get ready to go share the gospel. When I get ready to ask somebody, tell me more. What's your life about? How can I help? I still have a twinge of hesitation. But God loves us to call us out and say, I want you to walk in your calling. Let's go to Acts 2.40. So let's fast forward with Peter, okay? He is now following and he's walking in his calling. Let's look at this. And with many other words, Peter testified and exhorted to them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. So he is, he is out pre- preaching the gospel and he is, is, is taking hell on with a, a water pistol, okay? It's exactly what we're all wanting to do. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Now wait for it. If you've not listened to anything else right now, listen to this. 3,000 souls were added to them. I don't know about you. I may be afraid to do this. I may not be sure about this. I may be not confident in this. I may lack. I may feel stuck. But... There is no moving forward like 3,000 souls that are now saved because I walked in my calling, because I moved out of my stuck season before I, because I said, God, I follow you. God, I want to walk with you. I want to walk beside you. Going back now, let's talk about salvation. So Peter shows us he had some external forces. He had some external stressors that was happening in his life. And then he shows us that by jumping out of the boat and turning back to Jesus was his first step in, rec- in becoming unstuck, coming out of that stuck season of not knowing what's next, what's next, what's next. But one of the things that happened after he jumped out of the boat and they were having breakfast with Jesus, Jesus and Peter had a conversation where Jesus basically reinstates Peter. And Peter comes to this place where Jesus is asking him, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, yes, I do. 
And Jesus asks again, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, yes, I do. Do you love me? Yes, yes, I do. There was this call of repentance, a time where you turned from where you were at and you said, enough's enough, and I'm turning to Jesus. There has to be a moment like that. And, and that moment for a lot of for us is, is salvation. That moment when we say, I can no longer do this on my own. I am created for the creator. And it's time for me to make a decision to walk with him. And that's where salvation comes in handy. That, or that's where salvation comes in. But even in my own, my own stuck season, in my own stuck season, I had to get to a place where I, I had to move on from feeling like I had to control everything. I had to get to a place where I myself had to turn to Jesus and say, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. I can't physically continue to try to control everything because it's just causing me to be stuck. And when I finally said, Jesus, <laughs> I'm turning back to you. I'm coming back to you. He said, do you love me? And then I realized there were some things missing. There were things missing in my life. There were, my, my, my prayer time had dwindled to almost nothing. The time that I spent in his word was minimal. The time that I spent worshiping God, okay? The times that I spent actually worshiping. And, th and that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I play guitar, it's great. But there's times where like, that's kind of like the job. And it, it has the disconnect. So there were things that I needed to do to make sure that I stepped out when I turned to Jesus and I was able to say, okay, enough's enough. I realized there's some things that I'm not doing. And when I got those things in check, when I got those things back in line, that's when I could clearly hear him say, okay, now follow me. And so then I can take my steps and I can walk and I can walk in the path and, and the, the calling that God has for me. Just like Peter, when he was able to be close enough to Jesus for Jesus to say, do you love me? And he said, yes, I do. Then he was able to change his position, his perception of what's going on. And then we see him later in Acts speaking and teaching and 3000 souls come to Jesus because he said enough, enough. I'm not going to be stuck anymore and I'm going to move past it. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. Can we just stand as we get ready to close? And what we're going to do is we're going to give us an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to think about where you're at. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never given your heart to Jesus. I'm going to tell you, if you do, I'm not going to tell you that everything's going to be easy after that. But I am going to tell you, you'll never do it alone. I will tell you that the things that you are supposed to be doing will get easier because you have an opportunity to share the load with somebody. And that's what he's here for. So maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe it's, it's your first opportunity to say, I turn to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you're like, man, I am stuck. <laughs> I didn't realize it. But man, there's been so many crows poke, poking on my head. So many external forces keeping me from getting to the place where God wants me to be that I just got complacent and I fell back into my own rhythm, into my own things that I can control, the things that I can bring in. Maybe that's you. We're here to tell you, it doesn't have to end there. God doesn't want it to end there either because you have a calling. You have something that God has created only you to do. But if right now you feel stuck, if that resonated with you, know that you do not need to leave 
in that place. God, our healer, our defender, our banner, he's here for you. Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Where you are right now, would you just slip up your hand if you say, yes, that's me, I'm stuck. Yes, that's me, I'm stuck. Right now, just raise your hand. Take a second and let God show you. God, where have I been battling a crow and I just need to soar? If that's you, raise your hand. God, where have I been complacent and I'm not moving forward and and doing what you asked me to do? Raise your hand. God, where do I need to minimize the voices around me and maximize your voice? Raise your hand. Right now, if someone's hand is up around you, would you just put, would you just begin to pray for them? I'm gonna pray for everyone in here. But no one should have to walk alone, especially in their stuckness. God, right now we come to you for every person in this place, no matter where they come from or what they're battling. God, you are for us. Who can be against us? I say to everything that is coming against anyone in this place, God is bigger. God is capable right now where you have felt not enough. The I am is saying, I'm here. I'm here. I am everything you need. Right now to that person who says, it's not enough. It's not enough. I can't move out of this. It's, it's, too, it's too hurtful. He says, I will be there. You've never walked alone. God, I pray that a momentum takes over your people, that we walk in our calling, that we follow you. God, right now, where we felt the weight, where we felt the heaviness, God, your yoke is easy. God, that we breathe a deeper breath. We find rest in you and we mount up on wings as eagles God be God among us in Jesus name all all stuck